Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the News. Hold up. Wait a minute. Here's Bill Handle. Hi, Handle here on a uh, Friday, June 1st. And uh, a few things uh, that I want to tell you about uh, before we get into Handle on the News Late Edition, which is a super segment, which means we go through the entire half hour without a break. First of all, Law Day. Uh, That's coming up Saturday, June 16th, 9 to 2 at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Phenomenal location. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every field of the law. I'm broadcasting Handle on the Law live from 9 to 11 o'clock, so come on by and yell at me. Uh, There'll be free seminars, uh, win prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, and it is sponsored by... Let me, you know, get rid of the powered by. I've never understood that. You know, what the hell does powered by mean, by the way? I have no idea. I guess uh, maybe they'll bring a an engine and have uh, the whole thing powered by it. it would be nothing if not for what's the sponsor oh uh sponsored by you know i was going to do it uh the people's attorney of southern california sweet james bergener go to sweetjames.com. uh that's law day saturday june 16th okay uh, also uh, i'm gonna have what george nori is uh coming up on monday and george is uh being he has been nominated for the Radio Hall of Fame. and Following I, in your footsteps. Uh, yes. And I think it's uh, the votes. It's his category. Uh, spoken word. The vote, uh, spoken word. but Same uh, category as you were right. inducted so, under. So it is the number of votes that people call in and give. So uh, I will, uh, you know, it, he was kind enough to, uh, I think, do it for me. And so I'm going to do oh, it yeah. for him. Uh, also, Hopefully think, the Russians won't meddle. I think Ellen Kay also is yes. a nominee, so I'll be yep. talking to her also. Uh, we take care of our own here. Yes. Uh, you're damn straight. Okay. I think uh, we have all of that, right? Let's do it, guys. Uh, late edition, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and uh, me. Lead story. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Now, I, I don't understand this. Uh, President Barack's, uh, President Obama's, Barack Obama's former uh, economic advisor, floated the idea that President Trump should be barred from getting monthly jobs report in advance based on the fact that Trump t- tweeted on Friday, looking forward to seeing the employment numbers at 8.30 this morning. Uh, so uh, even though he had them before, he is saying, uh, I'll see you at 8.30. I'll give him it's 8.30. I don't understand what the big deal is here. Okay, I talked to Jason Middleton about this this morning. So what he said, the, the thing is, it was like back after the Nixon administration or something, some rule came into effect that a president is not allowed to comment on the numbers until an hour after they have come out or something like this. I'm paraphrasing here. But this way, it doesn't affect the markets. And so because he did tweet prior to the open of the Can't markets. wait. Yeah, he, he because he's saying he was intimating that the that numbers he were already be had numbers. Yeah, I mean, just, and so he's not supposed yeah. to comment until after the numbers right. come. Is in. that a, is that a comment that you're looking forward to seeing them? No, I, well, the implication is that, that they're good. He that would not. Good. He would right. not if they were bad. He wouldn't have said can't. Looking forward to it, but you know, there's enough to nail the president on uh, other than this. This is splitting hairs. Yeah, I think it is splitting hairs. Well, the president wants Samantha B. fired for talking smack about his daughter. Lady, Samantha glides like a tiger over the hill with a 
And basically, he's comparing it to what Roseanne said earlier this week, her racist rant on Twitter, compared to what Samantha Bee said on Twitter, calling his daughter a feckless C-word. C-word. But I I did a whole segment of this uh, this morning at 7 o'clock. There is a huge difference, an enormous difference. One, it is a the the racist uh, tweet goes beyond just using a vulgar term. That's one. Number two, Disney versus Turner, uh, TBS. Right, Disney is going to be much more sensitive, much more sensitive in terms of firing someone who is racist. Oh, so three big differences. Because the yeah. other big difference is uh, Roseanne, a person making a racist tweet against someone from another group. Here, it's a woman saying a misogynist word against a woman. So they're in they're in the same group. In other words, it's like when you like when you make yeah. Jew jokes because you're a Jew. That's oh, my point. Oh, you get away with it. All right. Uh, okay. I'm just saying it's another yeah. difference. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's a big difference. So, really? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. It's okay. You know. You know go go right. listen to go no, listen to a lot of rap no, no, around okay. a group of uh, mixed race no. people. All right. You know, I'm a not. mixed. Ra- you know what I'm saying? Black people and white people. And go listen to today's rap and see who defends those words and who doesn't. Hmm. Hey, in Alabama, right, let's move on. Yes, yeah, in Alabama, uh, they've started a new program that will allow school administrators to be armed. I never will go back. To this is an Alabama. extremely narrow. Yeah, it is. Program. If, you, if you look at the qualifications, I mean, this basically is insane. How few are actually going to qualify, and the ones that do, you would say, of course. Someone with these qualifications can be armed and should be armed. That's exactly the kind of people we want. Effectively, it's a cop. It's a it's a program to make them cops. That's it. Right. And they can't do it unless the school doesn't have a cop there already. Right. And then they have to be sworn in as a as a reserve deputy and Which, they have to get and, permission from the sheriff and, and they permission have to meet from the, the school quali- board. and they have to meet the qualifications all and, the firearm qualifications yeah. drug testing mental health yeah. i mean it's fine it's like you might you might end up with two or three people in the whole state actually being armed and yeah that makes sense so it's just another sidebar issue of uh the shootings that are going on around the country all right uh as a matter of fact when we come back we are gonna no talk. oh sag, that's right i do this yeah. every single time actually i think last week you didn't Okay, one, and I thought we had turned a corner, but no. nope. All right, talking about school shootings, Jen. Yeah, the Coral Springs Parkland Fire Department, who responded to the shooting at in Parkland, say they were denied entry. There is the the deputy chief for the fire rescue claims that he asked six times for permission to send in these specialized teams of police officers and paramedics. Paramedics, and he claims that he was denied. Every single time. And at first glance, you go, oh, my God, that's horrible. However, uh, the policy at that time was, do you send in paramedics? These are not, uh, this is not the SWAT team. These are not police officers. These are paramedics when it is perceived their lives are still in danger and uh, they could be tagged also. And the information that the assistant chief had was that the shooter was still in the school shooting. Now, they claim that they were still denied entry even after the shooter had been arrested. But they didn't. But but uh, but they had already they sent in SWAT medics at that point. Right. Part of the problem is not that they wouldn't send in any medical help. They chose to send in SWAT med- medics instead of these other teams. Right. So it, it, when you look at it, it uh, it makes sense unless uh, you put 
uh, the paramedics at, in the same category, first responders, as the police. That there is no difference between the two, and you simply rush in, and uh, if their lives are at stake, that's just too bad. Wouldn't you think a SWAT medic would be trained, though, as a paramedic would be? Aren't they well, similar? I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know what yes. a SWAT medic is versus a paramedic. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do the same level. SWAT level medic this, this is not the massive scandal that the headline, I think, right. is trying to make it. This is more a matter of they didn't have as clear a plan on what to do and who goes where. That's all. And uh, do you bring in uh, paramedics, for the most part, unarmed, and uh, have no way to defend themselves? And maybe the argument is you bring them in with SWAT, or you bring them in following SWAT? Yeah, well, they have actually have these teams that are cops and paramedics. The paramedics and cops go in together. The cops basically protect the paramedics while the paramedics treat. But it's sim- similar to what the SWAT medics do. All right. I don't know. Uh, About two-thirds of gun deaths in this country are suicides, and uh, new research says that these red flag laws where you can take guns away from people who are in danger are helping to uh, to make them go into decline. Or I could have just said reduce them and saved some words. Uh, Yeah. They studied two states that have had these red flag laws for a while. And red flags, things uh, people have said uh, he's threatening to kill himself, uh, a post on social media, uh, the kid's depressed, even if he doesn't say anything. There's de- there's real depression, and there is uh, some kind of suspicion that he may kill himself. Now, and then it allows the cops to temporarily confiscate firearms. This story from the Huffington Post doesn't say whether the NRA is fighting this. Because we're talking about confiscation of firearms uh, to a non, uh, uh, regarding a non-criminal. I think the NRA is not worried about the concept. They're worried about whether you get enough due process before they take that gun away from you. Because remember, President Trump said, first you take away the gun, then we'll worry about due process. And they didn't like that. Well, when when you're talking about someone about to kill himself or someone else, you're damn straight. I'd rather trust the cops having the guns than a guy who is suicidal. Because how about the people? I mean, if you want to kill yourself, you know, knock your socks off or knock your head off. I don't care. The problem is... Uh, do you take people with you as you go down? And there are too many of those. Woohoo! The DMV has announced Saturday service. Woohoo! I'm sure that will be pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, you get one more day to go to the DMV. Yeah, there's a day when they'll be packed in there. They well, this, will. This is going to be from, okay, bear with me because this is really bizarre. So it's 40 locations. The offices are set to open at 8 a.m. to 1 on. The 16th and 23rd of this month. And then starting in July, they're going to open on the first and third Saturday of each month. Right. So it's fair to say that uh, the Departamento del Servicio Automóviles uh, will uh, está abierto in sábados. Because everybody speaks Spanish at the DMV. The? Come on. Yeah, no one speaks English there. Uh, I just went to the uh, DMV. Everybody spoke Spanish. I mean, everybody. Uh, speaking of... Hmm? No, I, that's my Spanish. That's how horrible my Not Spanish handle. is. Yeah. I'm sure you're getting emails handled. Did you ever take Spanish in school? That was horrible. Go ahead. Did you? Yeah, but it was horrible. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting around, Lyft and Uber are partnering with the L.A. County Registrar for the June 5 election. This seems very convoluted. Basically, you go to the county website... And let's say you want to find your polling place. So you put in your information and it will say, here's your polling place. And here's a link to the Uber and Lyft apps. Now, let me ask you a question. 
if someone needs a link from the polling place to get Uber as opposed to doing it on their own, do you really want that person to vote? No, <laughs> not, even, not even a bit. <laughs> okay, this next story is just cruel. Somebody stole $18,000 worth of chemotherapy medicine from a guy from Philadelphia who was visiting, visiting SoCal. Yeah. This guy has stomach cancer. He stops at this open house in Inglewood last weekend, goes in, comes back, opens the trunk of his car, and his bag of chemo medicine is gone. And whoever tried to steal it tried to steal the guy's identity, too. They tried to cash checks, buy stuff from a smoke shop, even used, even tried to book a hotel room in his hmm. name. Yeah, and by the way, you just they didn't try to steal it. They stole it. Yeah. Now... Uh, $18,000 worth of chemo. That's one day. You know that. Is it really? Oh, yeah. That's I all. It's, no it's, yeah, yeah. And he's I, I'm, back just, I'm fi- making that up, by the way. Oh. Uh, but he- I wouldn't be surprised. I was just reading a story about uh, when I did, oh, I did it, I think, yesterday, the day before, uh, that one dose uh, or, or a uh, series of doses to treat a disease, $672,000 on some of these new drugs. I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, that's so $18,000 worth of chemo, uh, it's a, and it's a pretty rare drug because he has a very rare form of stomach cancer, mm-hmm. is probably one day's worth. Uh, a doctor's timesheet showed that he was spending a lot of time taking care of firefighters who were injured uh, in 9-11, but in fact, he was lying, and now he's being prosecuted for fraud. Yeah, on vacation, when he was out of the country, he was treating people, according to his, uh, his logs. Uh, when clinics were closed, he was treating people, and I mean by the hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, a year. So they estimate it's uh, it's equal to about $160,000 in time theft. Yeah. And this is taxpayer money yep. that's meant to go to help these firefighters, and this guy, in essence, is bleeding that yep. money out of the program. Could so, get up to 10 years in yeah, prison. Yeah, he's going down for a while. There's this renowned British surgeon who's under investigation after a woman committed suicide claiming he removed her ovaries because they were in the way without her consent. Now, uh, there are a couple things about this story that uh, I'm uh, immediately questioning. Uh, She was, uh, he was mending a bowel disorder and uh, removed the ovaries. And according to her, said, you don't need them anyway. Uh, and they were in the way, uh, which uh, for a, a surgeon, and I'd like to see some proof other than her saying it. And she committed suicide because then she was in utter pain. I don't know what that ha- that may not have anything to do with the removal of the ovaries. Well, he uses a vaginal mesh implant. I know, but that somehow could, for the the well, bowel problems yeah, exactly. Then- oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, but that is not the ovary removal. No, and the pain that she claims uh, is, has was caused by his removing the ovaries that, because he did it without her consent. See, that's where this story gets a little hinky. She says he said he thought he'd done me a favor. I thought you know a woman of your age wouldn't really need her ovaries; they were in the way. And uh, well. I, are they, we, we'll are never they know the, what really happened, but he has been suspended uh, from conducting surgery at two hospitals in Bristol, and he's under investigation. So I, I guess they think there's some credence to it, or even the allegation puts it under investigation. Well, because other women have come yeah. forward claiming he was quick to recommend invasive surgery. Now, that's different. That's a whole different issue because you have surgeons that say, you know what, let's have a surgery. 
When in doubt, you know, for example, hysterectomies, uh, what is the stat? 70% don't have to be done. Or C-sections, which a surgeon gets a lot more money. The difference here is in Britain, surgeons, don't. if, if this is the state paid, if this is part of national health, this is just salary for uh, this doctor. Unless it was uh, private, uh, and they do both in England. They both do private uh, surgery and uh, under national health. Yeah, there are a lot of doctors that work for national health in the morning and in the afternoon, they work under their own practice. Happens a lot. So it's it's a f- fairly complicated. And, uh, it's I'm trying to draw where the ovaries are and uh, the pelvic mesh would be. A Little League fundraiser in Playa del Rey reportedly turned into a hate crime. Did you know that you live in a racist society? Uh, Katrina Ross is a black woman from the Playa del Rey area. Her son plays in Little League. She went to this fundraiser, and she says when she was leaving the event that a white couple attacked her outside the Westchester Elks Lodge and beat her and choked her and kicked her and yelled racial slurs at her. Yeah, and uh, the story continues, and uh, is that she was kicked out of the league, if I've read this correctly. She's saying, right, that the league said, you know what, uh, your son can keep playing but can't go to any league events because of what happened to you. Right. It's very. That's it's, what she is saying happened. Uh, yeah, it's uh, too weird for words. And it, the story doesn't say, uh, were they, did they catch uh, the, or did they charge the man and the woman who beat her up? Uh, because they, I, it's, it was apparent from what I understand. Yeah, they were a couple, volunteer parents. So uh, they know who they are. So, again, this story is a, a little bit weird. We have a lot of little bit weird stories. This one's weird. Ah, uh, yeah. out of Louisiana where a homeless guy now gets free wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, but only after, after a staffer wrote a derogatory comment on his receipt. Spread your wings and fly away. But it's what this person wrote. It doesn't even make any sense. They wrote, for a homeless F, let's sit and get gross. I love you. Yeah. Very, what does that even mean? I don't know. But anyway, uh, he is, uh, according to this story, uh, is in tears, uh, shares the receipt with a fellow customer or a few. They start screaming at uh, management. And Buffalo Wild Wings, the regional manager, uh, has been fired. Uh, no, he said that the employees have been fired and uh, that the customer gets free wings for a year, a gift card to Walmart for some new clothes, a hotel room. And uh, the restaurant has donated a couple of hundred wings to a local homeless shelter. So, you know, they're coming to the table. You know, they uh, they did what's right. Yeah. You know, and how, uh, homeless uh, wings for a year. I mean, that, obviously, that's not a big deal uh, because I'm sure it's going to be limited to three per day. It's what I would do. Now, wings are expensive. <sighs> Bill. Hey, this story will also give you a bad feeling in the pit of your stomach, but not because it's sad. It is National Donut Day, and a uh, restaurant up in Paso Robles, the uh, Orale Taqueria, is offering a donut breakfast burrito. It's just a breakfast burrito, and they stick a donut in it. Come on. This is not. This is way too lazy. I know. They put the breakfast stuff in a donut, I think, is the way they do it. I have it right. I mean, that, that no, matters. I, the way I'm reading it, they take it's a regular burrito, breakfast burrito. You got your eggs, your bacon, sriracha. There's another cliche. Oh, and stuff then a donut stuff inside. a donut in there. Yeah, there you no, go. No, 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 no. See, that shouldn't be allowed. You have to be more clever. Yeah, you do because that is You're just sticking lame. a donut in or on yeah. a thing yeah, for that, National Donut that is stupid. Day. Oh, talking about Donut Day, uh, nine thirty. 
Uh, Foodie Friday, Neil is coming with a bunch of donuts, and we are going to do a taste test of the best donuts out there. And it's not going to be like Krispy Kreme and Dunkin'. It's from like local, everybody's favorite mom and pop kind of places. So it's going to be fun. Well, I've heard of a lot of ways of people trying to cross the border, but this one, a man was found hiding in a shipment of wood shavings. No reason to have. Weird. In a truck. Yeah. You know, the uh, border protection sees a truck, a uh, little suspicious with the driver, goes over for secondary inspection. They do some kind of an x-ray thing, and uh, they see something uh, that is a little suspicious, and uh, there they go. You know, they catch him. There he is under a bunch of uh, wood shavings. Can we just skip to uh, 16 really, really fast? Absolutely. There's a guy in Florida who was had a roach infestation at his apartment. One of the roaches got in his ear. But wait, there's more. So this guy goes to the doctor and he goes to the ER and the ER doctor gives him a syringe of lidocaine in his ear. And the guy says, I could feel him go super fast, kicking and trying to dig his way out. A faint little squeal. And then two minutes later, it just stopped and he died. I heard it die in my head. Oh, now, and he left behind an inheritance well, for she, the man. She left behind the cockroach. Is a she? Yeah, because yes, it laid eggs. Oh, thank you. It Duh. laid eggs. She left behind an egg sack. Yeah. Yay. Now, have you ever had a fly in your ear? I have. What? Yep, I had a fly <laughs> fly into my ear once, and it sounds like I can't even tell you how loud that is, and you feel it hitting the eardrum. Oh, it is horrible. Yeah. But you know what? What? But what they did. In my case, is they just take oil, uh, a syringe of oil, and then they just put it right into your ear, and then you put your ear down, and it drips out, and the bug goes with it. So uh, it's not a question of killing it and having it flop around. So I don't quite know. Uh, and well, I said, how often is it? Well, it does happen. Yeah. I mean, it does happen. Okay, that's disgusting. Oh gosh. All right. Happy National Donut Day. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your appetite up for those donuts. You damn right.